somewhere in America, in a town called Midland City. Breakfast of champions, Mr. Hoover. There's a man everyone trusts, trusted, and everyone admires. Dwayne Hoover. Dwayne Hoover. Dwayne Hoover. That there is Dwayne Hoover on television. <laughs> People know who you are, don't they? Dwayne Hoover has it all. The best employer in town. There it is. There's that smile. But he's about to lose his mind <laughs> in a search for sanity. Dwayne Hoover, am I losing you? The only thing anyone's losing around here is their mind, Francine. Dwayne? Because in Midland City... I know things that can make your head spin. My head spins all the time. I'm trying to make it stop. Everybody has an agenda. If there's anything you need, I mean anything. Can't trust these people. Got that right. Everybody has a motive. Be right back, fellas. We're just going to the bank. Maybe stop for a uh, snack. Stick around. Go for it, big boy. But only one man. Has the answer. Who am I? If you knew the answer. There have been no more questions. <laughs> Summit Entertainment and Flying Heart Films present... You having any problems? <laughs> A story of finding everything you ever wanted to know about life. Dwayne knows. Everybody knows. In a town you never knew existed. Where am I? In Midland City. What is going on here? From the best-selling novel by Kurt Vonnegut Jr., Bruce Willis, Albert Finney, Nick Nolte, Barbara Hershey, Lucas Haas, Omar Epps, and Glenn Headley. You don't have to be crazy to work here, but... Sure helps. Oh, what the hell ain't meant by that, An Alan Rudolph film. <laughs> Breakfast of Champions. watch a full-length movie on youtube with mike spiegelman and vince mancetti good to have you sir hey thank you for having me uh vince is a professional film critic which is very crucial for tonight's episode today's episode <laughs> because we're going to watch a terrible film this is let's watch a full-length movie on youtube you can go to let's watch a full-length movie on youtube.blogspot.com to check out the movie and the podcast the idea is to listen to both at the same time uh, experience it together we are uh you could just go to iTunes, L W A F L M O Y T, 
is what the feed is called. And in post, it's late Sunday night. We are actually broadcasting live Sunday afternoon, courtesy of mutinyradio.fm. You can always check us out 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And our phone line is open, 415-550-0511. That's very exciting. So, uh, Vince, today we're going to watch a movie called Breakfast of Champions. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be really good. I have this thing where... uh generally the worse a movie is the more times they say the main character's name in the trailer and i swear like they must have said it like seven seven times in the first 30 seconds so dwayne hoover yeah and especially because the lady says it's breakfast of champions mr hoover and i thought it was like president hoover because <laughs> yeah. they didn't mention his name just yet but they said the title of the movie and the main character like seven times so, so that's that, a double that's a bad sign yeah yeah uh, that's uh, why I never watched Lightning Jack. So anyway, uh, we are going to watch this movie, and we want to watch it with you. So go to YouTube. Uh, this movie is uh, close to two hours, so we're just going to kick it off. Uh, if you type in Bruce Willis and Breakfast of Champions free movie, or just type in Breakfast of Champions 1999, uh, you will find it posted on YouTube, courtesy of our friend Vidiot Lol 2000. So is this actually based on the uh, on the Vonnegut novel? It is based on it, and oh, wow. Kurt Vonnegut will show up in this movie. Oh. So keep your eyes open during this film. Is he just shedding a single tear while it happens around him? He's cashing a check. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's what to do. So go ahead to YouTube on your desktop, on your laptop, on your phone, on your gaming device, whatever, on your, on your Wi-Fi f- smart fridge, and go ahead and type it in, get to that video, and uh, go ahead and hit the play and then hit pause while it buffers. I've already done that. And on the count of three, we'll count down and we'll go ahead and hit play and we'll podcast and watch a movie at the same time. And this film, you need a buddy. You need Vince and I to sift through this movie with you because you're not going to make it alone. All right. So with that caveat, let's begin the show. Three, two, one. Begin. And here, we'll, we'll start off with the... It starts off with. Uh, have you read the book? Uh, yes. I don't know. All, all a lot of the Bonnegan books I've read kind of blend together. I'm pretty sure I've read this one. Do you remember the Kilgore Trout character? Yes. He's in a bunch of them. Yeah. And do you know that the illustrations? Breakfast of Champions had a lot of illustrations uh, that Vonnegut drew himself, and here is the animated credits with his own. Uh, book cover. Oh, very illustration. cool. Is it for a movie to have book cover illustrations? In, I like, mean, opening credits. Yeah, sort sort of. I don't know. It's funny when they uh, when when they do an adaptation of a book and then they can't think any of anything more creative than just like animating what's in the actual book. Yeah, because you want to see a movie. You, yeah. You've already read the book. You want to see the movie theatrical adaptation. I think the low water mark of that was the uh, was the Baz Luhrmann. Um, uh, Great Gatsby, where they just had the the most famous like quote from the book, like flying at you in uh-huh. 3D. Yeah, because it's on every book if you buy it anyway. That's usually on the front cover to begin. <laughs> yeah, to remind you of the world of the book. This is pretty drab. I was thinking about this. I can think of one other Bruce Willis movie that has animated titles, and that would be Four Rooms. Okay. So I, I don't know if that was probably what same year 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 different uh, of this. Ninety four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was uh, around Armageddon. In fact, there's a lot of the same ca- uh, actors in this movie. Uh, and 99, I think he was in another big film. But uh, I heard a rumor that he owns the rights to this film. I couldn't confirm it before uh, uh, airtime. but I assume he tried to bury it. Because, I mean, like that came out around the same time as a bunch of famous movies. And this has, like, 
you know, Bruce Willis at the peak of his box office drawing power, and I, I did not even remember that it existed. I mean, this is a vanity product uh, project, uh, I guess on like uh, Hunts and Hawk, but yeah, he, 1999 is one of my favorite years of movies. Mm-hmm. Matrix, uh, Austin Powers, Episode One, uh, Eyes Wide Shut, and then terrible films like Wild Wild West and <laughs> Breakfast of Champions. Uh, you can't really... There uh, we go. We start off with a commercial. Mm-hmm. Book cover and then a TV commercial. It's a great movie. I'm going to slash some prices just for you. Hey, ask anybody. You can trust Wayne Hoover. It looks like he's still there, Bruce. I like when Bruce is on screen and acting. <laughs> uh, uh, whoa, is this the last movie where he tried to have hair or... This is an obvious toupee. This is, it's, <laughs> right. The joke is that he has a toupee. Yeah, I, I guess uh, maybe he has his toupee under the, uh, the character's toupee. Barbara Hershey. Boxcar Bertha. Second commercial. Yeah. And then uh, a lot of trippy, I guess real life and alcohol and TV is all blending into one. That's the movie. Thanks. It's got a lot of uh, Tim and Eric aesthetic going on here. <laughs> hey, we watch a YouTube video before they were YouTube videos. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing like a comedy of with a lot of close-ups up front. It really, really sets the scene. It's a, it's a reverse establishing shot. Yeah. We don't really want a, a place for the comedy to exist. So there's our friend Bruce. I love Bruce Willis. He went to my uh, hometown college. Did he really? Yeah, Montclair State. And I actually worked at a... Uh, oh, he's going to shoot himself. He just saw... Uh, mortal Thoughts. <laughs> That's pretty explicit. I can hear the gun cocking. That's good. Good effect. This is a portrait of one of my listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Paul raises his head. Oh, breakfast of champions. Breakfast of champions, Mr. Hoover. Well, you can't. I mean, she made all those pancakes and bacon. You can't really shoot yourself now. So again, the first line of the movie is the title of the movie. (laughs) <laughs> well, we're going to take a count uh, So, so far one That's very much like the Lenny Kravitz effect You know, where like his best song Was also the first song on the, on the Album of the same title You're like, you know there's no other good songs on the hey, album <laughs> If we get the other 18 tracks Hello, Lottie Hello, sir uh, So, I guess I can't do the Dwayne Hoover count Because we'd have to rewind <laughs> it for, over that commercial But we are counting Breakfast of Champion Mentions have you seen any other um, uh, Kurt Vonnegut adaptations? You know, I don't know that I have. Slaughterhouse Five. Who was in that the movie version of that? It was a bunch of young actors and actresses. I don't know. It's an interesting I don't, film. Don't think I ever saw it. Noble Failure. That one was is better. I like that one. And then uh, we did a film uh, called Slapstick of Another Kind, based on his novel. And that, that had Madeline Kahn and, and Jerry Lewis as twins. Mm-hmm. And that's insufferable. I have seen Where the Buffalo Roam, which I think is like my least favorite movie adaptation of a book that I liked. Oh, yeah. I agree with you, with Peter Doyle as that the chief. That movie's so bad. Like, it, talk about just misunderstanding everything that Hunter, ever, Hunter S. Thompson ever did and like having Bill Murray play him as like a, I don't know, as like a caricature. Oh, it's just bad. You know, my favorite scene in that movie is he real-times parks a car. <laughs> yeah. You watch the car go up to the curb. You watch him turn off the engine and, you know, ignition and walk out. And yeah, like, you don't want to edit past that. Yeah. No, that's, that builds character. Have you seen The Rum Diary? What are they Diaries? talking about now? Oh, yeah. Let's take a listen. I actually kind of like The Rum Diary. All right. 
I mean, all day long and <laughs> not much, you know? I mean, he's, a, he's a white guy having a, a midlife nervous breakdown. So uh, I they totally never make movies about that. There are days when you I can just finally think, see it. Is it me or what? This is Donnie Darko, oh. had he lived. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you can say, Dwayne. What? You can say. Barbara. So his wife's completely drunk and he's cracking up. She's like spacey drunk? Which is good. It's a good way to start a movie. That's interesting. You don't see that. You don't see spacey drunk in movies a lot. You oh, see yeah. sloppy drunk. Hysterical drunk. Yeah, not a lot of spacey drunk. No, no. No, no, Nippy. Oh, no, here we go. No. This is from the trailer. No, I can't anymore. Sound, sound effect guy is uh, doing double duty today. Right. Well, you could, they couldn't really get the dog to do what they wanted, so they had to try and overcompensate <laughs> with some sound effects. It's actually, it's not a white pit bull. It's just a butterball turkey. Seems like a sweet dog. Oh, yeah. He gets stopped billing this movie, which is odd. Okay. He's seeing things. He's cracking up because his wife's in the back seat. His wife's a mess, and now he's cracking up. This is the only movie uh, about car dealership the car company didn't want to promote. It's like Fjord. It's funny they had like the used car commercial at the beginning, but the whole movie sort of feels like a used car commercial. Yeah. It's got the real, it looks real cheap. This is like an infomercial the car dealership put up to in the morning. Lucas Haas. Lucas Haas oh. the son. Ooh, a diagonal wipe. You don't see that often. We did um, a movie. God, what was it? It was uh, Kung Fu. No, it was uh, where they had like a story wipe where the pages uh-huh. like oh, Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Fan letter. Plague on Wheels is the greatest... All right, so now we're in Coheed's New York. In the English language. I promise to make you famous. You should be president of the United States. What the hell? I mean, look at the end right. Oh, my God. So this is uh, Kilgore Trout. Kilgore Trout is a bad science fiction writer who appears in like 12 of Vonnegut's novels, and he's in the predominance of this film where he just meets his characters. <laughs> I wish I remembered this book now. I, I remember getting into a misguided argument uh, saying, saying that this is the best book ever written, which I, I might take back. I like Vonnegut a lot, but I can't. I, there's not a clear separation between the books of his that I've read. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, because he uses the same characters over and over again, and it's usually about the horrors of World War II. Is is kind of what the the, the uselessness of life after that. What's he burning here? Oh, hey, he's uh, he got a letter of I guess from a uh, letter of praise, a fan letter. Yeah, so Bruce Willis's hometown is kind of an art festival, and they're going to bring this guy over. He looks like a straight rip torn. <laughs> a sober riptoid. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the same. What is that? Brian Cox? Who is that? No, it's Al- Albert Finney. Ah, uh, okay. He's like, come over here, Norman Miller. I want to hug you. <laughs> like a real hug. So now he's, he's picking the burnt stuff out of the pan. Uh, so relevant. This movie just dares you to turn it off, but we're going to keep it going. It would, Vince and I are not listening to the audio. Full disclosure. This, and as you can hear the music. Was he sad about why. that? Hey, folks, it's me. More, more canted angles and more 
car commercial stuff. It's like Batman meets uh, 90s magazines. <laughs> Who was this guy again? Why do we care about Dwayne Hoover? He just, he's a small he's a, town car salesman? Yeah, he's a, he's a white guy having a uh, midlife crisis. Okay, yeah. And that's, it doesn't matter who he is. He's yeah, right? <laughs> he's all of us. He's all of us. He's every white man. The, the problem is that every white man does have a nervous breakdown. So it's like, why would you want to see a movie? Uh, so this this movie is famous because Nick Nolte uh, likes to wear lingerie. <laughs> how how far removed from Nick Nolte's sexiest man alive title is it? Because he still looks pretty good here. I gotta yeah, say, he's got some good legs. Like it's st- he's still looking. I mean, he still looks fit. Yeah, he does. Which in my mind this wasn't that long ago, but damn. Well, Affliction was ninety nine too, wasn't it? Or when uh, he wasn't in Affliction. What, no, he was in Affliction. It was the the son. Okay. I'll take your word for that. Yeah, it's strange. Like Nick Nolte, I don't, I haven't really seen him in movies other than like cast stunt casting. And Bruce too just funds it in. So him and Dwayne Hoover are war buddies. That's the story. Yeah, and they work together. Okay. And I w- I'm going to bet you money that uh, his lingerie fetish is going to be exposed at work. <laughs> Probably with some sound effects. I mean, he is having sex with a woman while wearing lingerie. Yeah, right. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. He just likes the way it feels on his skin. No big deal. It's like they have candles in the room, too. It's not like he's ashamed about that. No. Yeah. It's his birthday, actually. He's 57, if barely. 57? Oh, number of candles I'm counting. Oh, okay. Oh, she's going to blow them. I was going to say, hot damn, I hope I look that good when I'm 57. Yeah, no shit. People like Dwayne Hoover have 1.5. 1.5, Harry. Especially when you, like, eat cigarettes and drink whiskey for a living. <laughs> He's just like, hey, uh, why don't you guys have a party in my house? I'll be back in a week. <laughs> I like I like Nick Nolte. But, I don't know. He can barely even talk now. Yeah. he's like a raspy he's like a a frog that's gonna that's gonna give you three wishes (laughs) right you gotta see she's gonna kiss him and he'll turn into a prince (laughs) okay now now what the hell is happening you can understand him in this movie because he's uh dubbed by glenn close oh he is uh he just hit a cop he just ran over a cop oh i'm gonna teach you a lesson there we go, Dwayne You're Hoover. Mr. Dwayne Hoover. There you go. I bought my new car down at X11 Motor Village. Where am I? He oh, owns a motor village as well as a car here. dealership. Don't worry, Mr. Hoover. Somebody just dumping sludge in the creek, but the guys are getting it cleaned up. This is a good movie to uh, have over the radio because the whole thing is them. It, the audio is trying to compensate for the video like the whole time. Do you think that was a post-production decision? Yeah, they're like, this is really dull. We got to do something. Diamond oh, wipe. Diamond wipe. Okay. And meanwhile, we're back in upstate New York. Another special delivery. Oh, rejection letter. Two in one week. Sassy postman. Yet, old man. Here you go. They were still going postal back then in 99. <laughs> yeah, when did that stop? Uh, when they got shot. My name is that happened Fred in my hometown, T. too. Barry, uh, postal worker? Yeah, yeah well, a disgruntled postal worker came in and shot his co-workers. It was on my block. It's funny, because it doesn't seem like that bad a job. No, it's a government job. I'm surprised no one shoots up the uh, like tow truck office. Like You'd think that would happen like once a week. Even though it's like next door to the police station, they're like, yeah, it's a risk I'll take. Well, there's some interesting kill going trout, Bill. So we just had Buck Henry at a $100 bill narrate part of this movie. 
And we're back to Kilgore. So we have Albert Finney and Nick Nolte in the same movie. This is just like a, a raspy voice contest. They're in the same scene, though. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. This is the. Uh, and then Bruce Willis is no uh, slouch when it comes to the gravel. He's got the young guy. He's more gravitas. Yeah. Except for the last couple of years, I haven't really seen him do anything. I need to know what the hell's going on in Kilgore Trout's life here, though. He Well, he's going to give a monologue to the bird. Okay, cool. He's singing to the canary. And then the bird, of course, on cue, chirps back. I, I gotta, I gotta say late. I gotta add bird sound effects to uh, this movie. And I'm, uh, <laughs> more bird noise. It's pretty bold to just switch to another character halfway across the country and just. I don't want nothing but smilers out there. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how they relate. Oh, he's auditioning for the movie Naked. <laughs> Can you rant and rave? Albert Finney passed away? I don't know. Did he? I don't know. It seems like it, looking at how he looks here and think about how long ago that was. Uh, before I pass away, I'm going to do this movie, guys. You think there's anybody in Midland City who would listen to a cockroach like that, Bill? Anyway, it's all... All right. Well, our gentleman uh, author rants. I have to say, this movie came out in 1999. I'm pretty impressed that it's on YouTube. Uh, usually, the films like that are on YouTube, but you got to pay for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Albert Finney's still going strong, by the way. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Uh, my my apologies to Albert and his family for my my crude attempt for the humor. He's got he's got that weird combination of sounding like he uh, you know lives under an overpass, but also he has like the theatrically trained mid Atlantic accent thing yeah, going on. Yeah, I never saw the movie, but under the volcano, I think that's what I remember the movie poster. It's uh, he's just a he, it's a white guy having a nervous breakdown, <laughs> but uh, it looks like more fun. Oh, so here we are. He's dazed and confused in his own work. Before the happy I, birthday song was in the public domain. I still don't understand why he's cracking up. It seems like his life's going great. Yeah. He just looks... He's, he walked out of the set like uh, he's just Bruce Willis in <laughs> Expendables too. Now, now what are they up? Why, why are they upset that he's gone? Yeah, I need right. to know more here. Oh, sure. Let's crank this up. No. Oh, I could. I'll, I'll pull Harry, this off, and we can listen to it. <laughs> Anybody else I know? Why me? Oh, Harry. Why me? Wayne. Honey. Now there's a peacock there for some reason. Where's the peacock? Oh, the noise. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the city. They're in like a concrete jungle. I don't know where the peacock's coming from. You remind me of those guys who call up CBS uh, Sports and say, I heard sound of bird sound effects during that golfing game because that bird is not indigenous to the region. Yeah. And they're right. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you pouring cream on my bananas? Oh, it's not cream. It's like creme. It's like cream, only better. Only like sugar on my bananas. This whole movie feels like it takes place inside the commercials from Robocop. Like, the, like he seems like he's the eyed by that for a dollar guy. Oh, my God. He has the round glasses and the... Uh, Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm being seduced by uh, his rambling. Yeah, he does look like that guy. 
I feel like there's a genre of film called drunk movies where you just like it feels like it was someone who produced it was just drunk. And it's like a step removed when you watch it. Like you don't understand what the story's about. Like they know what it is. Yeah. But they never bothered explaining it to us. Yeah, and even the shots and the setups, it's just I don't know. It's just, it never clicks for me. I I used to own the video cassette of this movie. <laughs> And I hope Bruce enjoys my money for that. Alright, I gotta lower this. He's having a lot of dream sequences and, and hallucinations, but we don't really know what his actual life's like. Right, we haven't seen him or know his family. Wow, this is louder than I usually have it. That's good. <laughs> so he has a family, but we've never really seen them in the same room yet. We just know his son plays a synthesizer in his room. Oh, oh, that was his son. I didn't catch that. I, I, I knew it because I was reading up. <laughs> was Space Jam 1999 too? That, was that, sounds, that sounds right. Yeah, it's good year 1999. I think they were supposed to do a remake with LeBron, weren't they? Yeah, I, I look forward to it. <laughs> I love Space Jam. Oh, you're one of those. I always wonder yeah. like, who has nostalgic feelings about Space Jam. Uh, millennials, I guess. I used to joke about that until well, I said, like, hey, any millennials out here, remember Space Jam? And then I wind up taking the bus back with the same audience members. And I, <laughs> yeah. could, I realized they were talking about my set because they were like, he was talking about Space Jam? <laughs> So. I don't think I've ever. Maybe maybe it's because I haven't ever actually ever watched Space Jam all the way through. It's it just, more than the movie. It's more more than a movie. It's the commercial. It's uh-huh. the sneakers. It's right. The soundtrack. Yeah. It's the sports. You get like a free Burger King cup. The Burger King cup and the. Uh, Come on, ride the train. <laughs> now we're back to Kilgore Trout again. So his his part of the country is this desolate New York State, and his his part of the country is this overlit suburban nightmare. Do they live near each other? How is what is their connection? Uh, uh, Wayne Hoover. There's another commercial. Wayne Hoover loves this guy, and he, oh. he convinces him to go to. He creates Wayne Hoover owns like uh, the neighborhood tracking and and the car dealership, and he creates an art festival just to get his favorite writer to show up because he's having a nervous breakdown. And here we are at the Shefferford Adult Correctional <laughs> Institute. Oh, Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, the late Michael Clark Duncan. Omar how Epps. many how many times did he play an inmate before he was famous? Oh my god. Well, he played the famous uh, Green Mile uh, prisoner. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then um, he was in a bunch of Bruce Willis movies too. Nine whole uh, the whole 9 yards, I think. He was in the underground movie directed by the the slapdash guy, the 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 ShamWow guy. Oh yeah, he made like a uh, Vince uh, fried chicken Fournier for for something or other, something like that. You know who's another one like that is Michael Pena, play, has played a cop in like almost every single thing. He's either played a cop or a security guard in almost every movie that he's ever been in. That's so funny, and he's played like one of the like a genuine cop in End of Days and like a cartoonish cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now he's like pretty famous and he's still playing cops. Yeah. It's not like they're bit parts as a cop. It's like, oh, he's the main, like he's been in Keanu Reeves movie as a cop. He's been in uh, Alexander Skarsgård movie as a cop. He was in Chips as Chips. a cop. Did you like Chips? Was I it? didn't see it. Uh, I want to see it. I know it's not going to be good, but I, I like <laughs> Hit and Run. 
yeah, he's uh, he was so good in Ant Man. He was just kind of it was just so exuberant in that movie. And wasn't he like a security guard in that or something? Like Probably. he was cop adjacent. Yeah, he was cop adjacent. Yeah, he's uh, he's great. Which is weird because you don't look at him and like immediately think cop. Like it's the strangest typecasting. He has this kind of boyish gleam to him too. <laughs> Oh right, so he something about pornography and as as a writer, all he can do is smut. Get paid for is is writing pornography. Oh, uh, that's right. So it's a metaphor. <laughs> and this is not only a video adult bookstore, but they sell literature as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you could get your 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 red porn. Yeah. And your video porn, same place. Which is such a ripoff because when you write a letter, you don't really get paid. Like, you might as well just, instead of saying, I can't believe this happened to me, just send that as a story to yeah. the other magazines. Oh, and another thing is he writes his horrible science fiction in the pages of uh, these porn magazines. I feel like uh, Kilgore Trout, they're, they're making him look a lot like Barry Crimmins. I don't know. <laughs> he's like lives in upstate New York. He's got a big hat. He's kind of kind of crotchety. Well, that would be better. Uh, Jake Johansson's in this movie. Okay. So I, I don't I don't know how. I was just kind of gleaming through everything. I was gonna say I haven't seen him show up yet. You knew a guy was supposed to be poor in the '90s if he had those gloves that cut off uh-huh. mid-finger. That's uh, Hill Street Blues popularized that. <laughs> we really know nothing about this main character other than that he's cracking up and he's in commercials a lot. And the commercials are pretty elaborate, or, or stillborn, I guess. Excuse my language. I don't mean to say stillborn. <laughs> it also loves the weird sideways angle. Like it likes to open on a sideways angle and then pull out, and you're like, all right, well, and that was for fun. what? For a long tracking shot where they. <laughs> Oh, uh, there's somebody. Oh, here we go. Come on, Nick. <laughs> this is like a 12-minute commercial they're shooting. <laughs> or it's a live presentation. Like, if everyone loves them, why go and watch this? Either buy a car or don't. That's casting against type when you got Nick Nolte as the uh, the buttoned up one with the yeah. slick back hair. Like a car dealership's going to be like, that's the guy we want to represent driving our car. This is the squeaky clean one. Because <laughs> didn't he get arrested for DWI? Yeah, I can't remember if that was before or after this. <laughs> Seems like it's about around this time now. Maybe a little later. Maybe a little later. He kind of lost a- in the O's. Probably the best mugshot picture ever. He's got the Hawaiian shirt and just the hair going everywhere. Well, that's what he gets casted as afterwards. He yeah. looks like that in every other movie. Yeah, since. he's basically played his own mugshot. <laughs> Is that Vonnegut there? That's Vonnegut yeah, right there. Okay. Yeah, he's got his line. Okay, guys, you can stop. There's Kurt Vonnegut, <laughs> 24 minutes and change. Is that Jake? There's this thing bad indie movies do where every single character's quirky and yeah. so there's like no there's no foundation and you're like okay well this is just this is just people playing i'm so glad you brought up bad indie movies they so <laughs> do exist oh of course 
Have you ever seen The Imposters, directed by Stanley Tucci and uh, the no. same guy? For, it's the follow-up to Big Night, and it's okay. an awful. Woody Allen shows up. <laughs> also, you don't have to be funny in any bad comedy. Well, if you're just like a minor character where you're like the guy who gives the main character a, a latte at the... Like, if you're the barista, you don't have to be quirky for your five seconds of screen time. That's right. Yeah, it would actually help if you don't. I think it comes from like letting actors, uh, you know, decide themselves without guiding them because they're like, "Oh, I got this whole backstory for this guy." Yeah. You know, his mom died in a car accident when he was six. Yeah. You're like, hey, you're the barista. Just hand him the coffee, and that's that's it. That's all you got to do. Yeah, especially when your main character is unhinged. So Omar Epps is Nick Nolte's friend. He is a, a ex-con car dealer who's obsessed by Dwayne Hoover, and he's excited to be there and work oh, for him. Oh, okay, okay. But I don't even remember that in the book. And <laughs> they, the, the director and Bruce was in, in a movie called Mortal Thoughts, which I really can't stand. So, I, and but this—I don't remember that one either. So yeah, that came and went. That definitely mm-hmm. came and went. Is, do you have a particular bad Bruce Willis movie? A bad Bruce Willis movie. Whew. I mean, Cop Out? Yeah, that's insufferable. <laughs> yeah. It's, There's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, do you ever watch his direct movie to, I don't know, his smaller films, like Ms. 88, the ones that always mm. play on cable? The no. The 50-cent movies? I've not seen that one. No, I haven't seen that. Two of them. Two of the two, two with 50-cent? Yeah. Okay. He's not one of those actors who's going to appear in TV again anytime soon. So if it's a cheaper movie, he'll just do it. It was weird how hard 50 Cent tried to like be in movies and how poorly it worked out for him. Like he, there was that one movie where he lost a bunch of weight to play like a cancer patient. Yeah, I remember that. There should be a whole book about people where, where when method acting went wrong, where they like almost killed themselves trying to be in some movie that no one ended up seeing. Or like the, I think of Suicide Squad with Jared Leto, how he was an asshole to his cast members. Yeah, well, he was in another one. He was in that Mark David Chapman movie where he gained like oh, that's such a bad sixty movie. or seventy with Lindsay Lohan, and he I think he had to go to the hospital. Like he like enlarged his liver or something from eating too much. And, he definitely was. I've seen that movie because yeah. it's awful. Yeah, and he yeah. thought he thought he was gonna like win an Oscar for that, and then Christian he Bale. ended up winning an Oscar for doing the same damn thing. Like you would have thought he learned his lesson. Oh, and he lost a lot of weight for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they stay in character, I, I guess if it works, it works. But what about vanity pro- uh, projects? Oof. Like, uh, um, I don't know. The, the Billy Bob Thornton comes to mind. Some of his two-hour movies, three-hour movies. I still have never seen Sling Blade. I haven't seen Sling Blade either. But I have seen Waking Up in Reno, Daddy and Me, <laughs> uh, All the Pretty Horses. I haven't seen James Mansfield's car, but if it's anything like those other oh, movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all the Pretty Horses is Cormac McCarthy, isn't it? Yeah, it's a two and a half hour Miramax movie. <laughs> like, even Miramax couldn't edit it down to two and a half hour, two hours. Well, now they're doing that with. Uh, uh, like the Fast and the Furious is like two hours and four, 40 minutes, the new one. And then like the Justice League movie that's coming out is supposed to be two hours and 50 minutes or something Three like that. Three hours? Like, are you kidding me? I'll, I guess I'll see it. I, I mean, I will see it. I'm going to have to, but damn, like, I, I really think they should have to get 
congressional approval to be over two and a half hours. If it's three hours, it has to be uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you like uh, Inglourious? Uh, no, Hateful Eight. I did. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Because partially because it was three hours. I mean, if you're Tarantino, like you, you're allowed to do that to a certain extent. If yeah. you're Zack Snyder and you're making a, like the seventh uh, DC Universe movie, like no. What about uh, the Russo brothers saying, well, Avengers Infinity War is the first two-part movie that you don't know the ending? Because Harry Potter, you know the ending of the mm-hmm. second part. Or you could just end it. I'm not, I don't, I don't really get them. I don't know why people like their movies. Like they're, they're not movies. They're, they're very boring to me. They're not movies. They're just little, they're DVD chapter. <laughs> yeah. Hulk versus Mecha Hulk. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's exactly what happened. The quest like, for the key. Oh, that's what they're questing for a key. There's a lot of grunting and just like people fighting in like a dingy closet. And I feel bad for Captain America. When is he going to get his own movie? The first one introduced is the first Avengers. The second one is about his buddy. And the yeah. third one is about the Avengers. No, no Captain love. Poor bastard. <laughs> Poor asshole. Oh, so anyway, back to this movie. Back to this movie. <laughs> I feel like we're in for another 48 hours now. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Dick Nolte and uh, Omar Epps are just yelling at each other. Yeah, they're both in suits and yelling at each other for some reason. (laughs) Oh, he's doing cocaine now. And then again, with the canted angles. What started that? Where someone in the 90s... Batman. Was it? Because Batman used the... Because it was a comic book and it was campy and they would do corner. But do you know a a director named uh, Roger uh, Christensen? He did Battlefield Earth and The Sender. (laughs) He loves tilted angles. Battlefield Earth, the guy, Barry Pepper, whatever his name... Crashes through four plate glass windows in a row with mm. slanted action uh, angles in slow motion, so you can see the pieces of glass fly. <laughs> this is like the shaky cam of the late '90s. Yeah, right. But it's like there's no rhyme or reason to it. He's just sort of pushing in and then tilting the camera sideways, and then and then untilting shaky, it and pulling it out. So by shaky cam, you mean like the decision to have the camera like it looks like there's a cameraman in the room, no matter what the film or genre is. Yeah, I'm, I think it was sort of started. I think Gladiator kind of started it, and then uh, and then Born Identity really oh, yeah. like made it bad. And early Christopher Nolan does it a lot too. Like if you watch Batman Begins, which is pretty good, but like the action scenes are completely incomprehensible. It'll cut from like one blurry shot to like a close-up of a guy's lapel to like another blurry shot and then another guy on the ground like there's no core it's a good way to shoot um action scenes when you have people that uh aren't stuntmen like yeah when you can get like liam neeson and he's playing an action hero so you just cut around all the action because he doesn't actually have to do anything but if it's not like a war movie like why do i need to be in the moment i don't need i I don't need that anytime yeah well, now I really know how Jason Ward felt when that guy attacked him in the shower. And I don't remember any like fights feeling like that or any like chaotic situation feeling like I was shaking around. <laughs> Except well, like you know if I'm going down like a water slide or I'm on a roller coaster or something. It's a TV thing, right? It's like a Law and Order type of thing. They always have that kind of uh, Chicago blue feeling or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, you are there, and that's the idea of television. <laughs> Yeah, this, but I uh, want to see what's happening. I don't like comedies that have close tight angles or, or slanted angles like this because I, I feel like I don't see the entire stage. I don't see the spectators. I don't see the premise of the, the, the comedy. It's very artsy. It's like they want you to feel that it's artsy, but you don't really know why. Or it's a comic book. Or this is mm-hmm. a living comic book. Have you seen Naked Lunch? That's another uh, impossible to put into a movie um, novel. I don't think I have. I also hate the book, so... Yeah, well, then it's true to the book. <laughs> I don't know why people love Burroughs. I feel like it's junky drivel. 
he shot his wife. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So why read his stuff? <laughs> yeah, that one is junkie dribble. And then um, I, I do have to say, uh, what's fear and loathing? It's is true to a book that I cannot give a rat's ass about. <laughs> I love Fear and Loathing as a Fair book, enough. and I love the movie. But like, and I never understood why. Uh, like a lot, a lot of writers that I liked reference Burroughs, and then I went back and read Burroughs, and I was like, this is I do not like this at all. This his, is garbage. his stuff works because it's it's pretty frank, and it, 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 there's no narrative drive. He just basically stops and looks for drugs, <laughs> yeah. or at least junkie, if I remember. And he is kind of a here's me looking for drugs. Yeah, right. It was like, well, then I decided to go spend all my rich money to Mexico to find some awful drug. <laughs> yeah. Did I find it? The end. Oh, there's Bob's Big Boy on the trailer, so it must have been a sponsorship. You could get Breakfast of Champions glasses at Bob's <laughs> Big Boy tie in. Did this ever come out in theaters? I think so. I think it did. It was definitely on video cassette afterwards. It, fe- it feels like one that you'd see at, at Walgreens uh, years yeah. later. This reminds me of uh, Burn Hollywood, Burn, a Alan Smithy <laughs> film, which I saw in the Amarcadero. Well, who was in that one? That was Eric Idle, who, by the way, is not funny. <laughs> oh. Oh, right? No, I mean, he is funny, but when he makes a movie like that, you go, I can't give you a pass, dude. I never I saw can't. that one. He, uh, he's a director named Alan Smithy, and he's making a movie called Trio, starring who are cameos, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Whippy Goldberg, and Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. And the movie is so bad, they, they have to... Sh- Use the pseudonym Alan Smithy, but his name is Alan Smithy. <laughs> so it's, See, it's all, a play on words. The, the humor comes because the characters narrate. It's a documentary, another horrible way to make a movie. So they turn to the camera, and so Sandra Bernhardt will say, Yeah, uh, New Slime and, and, and Newsweek didn't like it. And then, you know, and, and Richard, poor Richard Jenny's in it, you know, mm-hmm. and they talk to the camera. So then what happened next was. Yeah, bad mockumentaries. It's, yeah, that's a. Uh... That's a style that that only works in in a very narrow number of cases. Do you like the Christopher Guest kind of? I do, but I feel like it really depends on having really good uh, Im- improvisational actors in it. Like Christopher Guest himself being like probably the best. Like if everyone right, was yeah. Christopher Guest, then yeah, you could totally make a great mockumentary. Yeah, I like it when he has levels to it. Other than this thing sucks, and I'm exploiting it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or it's like. It's like a way to explain bad jokes a lot. Yeah. Like well, they do that it's like as a TV style, like w- where it went from like The Office to like Modern Family. Like Modern Family will have a joke and then they'll have someone explaining the joke right after, like every time. Oh, Bruce Willis has got his uh, gun in his mouth again. Second time. It's 36 minutes into the movie. He realizes we still have an hour left. Is it going to be the, uh, the breakfast that saves him again? Breakfast of Champions, Mr. Hoover. Do you remember when I got that tattoo? I love this movie. <laughs> he he wore a lot of shitty suits too in, in movies like Death Becomes Her, <laughs> her, which may have an animated. I feel like that would have an animated sequ, uh, title. Bad Death, suits. Oh, uh, Death Death Becomes Her. Oh, that I remember. Yeah, he's awful in that too. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, uh, the Tom Hanks uh, Brian De Palma movie. Uh, Bonfire of the Vanities, he has a kind of a cheap suit in that, too. That's his thing? Yeah, you know, he's, he's oily. Well, uh, Nick Nolte's going for the full three-piece with the, uh, the, the chain watch on he, the vest there. You know he's wearing lingerie underneath that. <laughs> yeah, that's a classy look. He says, completely detached from reality. I feel like you'd have to work somewhere 
below 50 degrees to to do the three pieces like wouldn't you be really hot anywhere yeah oh yeah with a vest you got a vest a tie a suit it constricts your armpits because the vest is like kind of sausaging mm-hmm. your arm and then uh, the shirt's not helping and the undershirt too and the lingerie this is was this shot in an actual car dealership or on the lot like in the studio lot where they were like hey writers get out of the room for a minute <laughs> I just it I can't imagine they they took over an actual car dealership for this. It's just it doesn't get it doesn't give me anything. It's just close up of these guys. I don't even know if they're in the same room in the same scene. <laughs> That's true. They cut to Bruce. <laughs> cut to Nick. I saw Miss eighty eight. He plays like a vile-looking gangster who gives a big speech at the beginning of the movie, and then he shows up at the end of the movie. Is that Bruce Willis or Nick? Yeah, Bruce Willis. Okay. And like like in uh, Grindhouse, Bruce Willis shows up at the beginning of the movie, and then he's in the end of the movie. (laughs) I'm looking to see how many theaters this actually went into. It had a play. So I bring up uh, Burn Hollywood Burn because it not only played theatrically, it played in an art house. It played in a Marcadero. (laughs) That one I sort of remember. This one... No idea. Well, part of the controversy of that movie was that it was Arthur Miller, the director of A Love Story, uh, who passed away recently. Mm-hmm. He he took his name off and put Alan Smithy on it. And then the producer guild said, we can't use Alan Smithy anymore as a, as a pseudonym. So yeah. they have a new one, which I don't know. But uh, they blame that. Yeah, what's the new Alan Smithy? I think... Uh, is there anyone? Is Smithy actually your name? Is that is that from something? Is there? I think anyone? it's like Jones, like or you know, like yeah. John Doe or something. Yeah, well, but like Jones is a name that I've heard before. I don't yeah. know if I've ever met anyone in real life named Smithy. I never met a Smithy. If you met a Smithy, call us right now four one five 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 zero zero five one one. Call call even if you're listening to the podcast and just let the person here at Muni Radio know your feeling about any acquaintances named Smithy. Go ahead, make that call. Did you make the call? You didn't make the call. Listen, we still have an hour of this movie. Hit pause. Call up Rutney Radio. I don't care what time of day it is or what day it is. And ask him. I, I can't tell. Radio. What are they talking about here? What are they talking about anything? At least they're together in this scene. Oh, maybe they're going to talk about war. Well, let's plug it in. Oh, I kind of regret plugging it in, but here we go. Can you hear me? This is Hawaiian week. Oh, the Hawaiian week at the car dealership. And they're in the middle of, like, Midwest. Have him get you some cotton waste. Soak it in blue Sunoco, and I want you to burn your entire wardrobe. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So he doesn't like the three-piece suit? In the old days, when we first started selling new cars, we sold them to older people. Under those circumstances, See, this sounds like Bruce. You're right to dress the way you dress. Right? Hey, the last sure. couple of movies I've seen him, he's just like, you could dress look like out, expendables. Your time is coming <laughs> up. He stopped caring. Yeah. <laughs> Figure out the year he stopped caring. Seem to be forgetting something. I think he really wanted to do this movie. Like Bruce Willis, that's yeah. I mean, the ultimate vanity product. Well, the ultimate vanity product is Hudson Hawk. I came up with the idea of Hudson Hawk from the cool breeze that comes off the Hudson. 
Did you ever see the the DVD extras for that movie? No, I've never actually watched Hudson Hawk all the way through. God, I love Hudson Hawk. I mentioned it in the theater. I got really drunk at a matinee in New York back when I used to drink in movie houses. And uh, people were standing up and yelling at the screen. There's a scene where he falls off a building and he goes to an awning. And instead of hitting the sidewalk, he lands on a couch inside a, an apartment building. Mm, mm. And people go, what the? <laughs> so it's a terrible but the DVD extras which is on YouTube him and his jazz partner they, they came up with it during a jazz riff oh, and of they course, talk yeah. about it for yeah. 20 minutes so That's I definitely good. recommend the, the, well you gotta play the jazz to really unleash the improvisational parts of your brain yeah and if you're Bruce you gotta play jazz uh, blues harmonica mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a white suit no. <laughs> so I always wonder if Bruce is like a, a dick in regular life because like everything that I've sort of seen with him from press tours and like things that directors have said about him makes him seem like a massive pain in the ass and just like kind of a, a dick. But like other people, like Tommy Lee Jones, I kind of respect his curmudgeonliness because he sort of owns it. Like that's right, that's yeah, him, sure. and he's like he tells people, like, "Hey, you guys know I'm an asshole, right?" Like, yeah, because he is. But like his meanness is hilarious. An asshole. Whereas like Bruce Willis is is curmudgeonliness is kind of just confusing. Where you're where you're trying to figure out like what he's mad at, I guess. Yeah, especially like politics. You're hearing like promote Bush or. I knew he's one of the rare Hollywood Republicans. Yeah, no, Hollywood's all liberals. Oh, except for everyone. Yeah, yeah except, <laughs> except for, except except for, for Bruce Willis, the world. Clint Eastwood, yeah, Vince right. Vaughn. Uh, Robert Davi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, John Voight. John Voight. Chuck uh, Woolery. <laughs> Chuck Woolery. Yeah, Scott Baio. Yeah. Yeah, the big ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, James the, Woods. Yeah, Ron Silver, the late Ron Silver was a huge... Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, Fox News had the half-hour com- uh, news hour, and it was a comedy show, and they would have these like Republican uh, Lorenzo Lamas, these <laughs> okay, conservative stars one. show up. Uh, Denzel Washington, I heard, is, re- is conservative. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, so what? I mean, I just don't like the idea that you assume Hollywood, you think liberals, because mm. they're not. Oh, uh, the woman from Northern Exposure, uh, Janine uh, Tripleton, or... Oh, Jean Triplehorn? She says she can't get work because she's a conservative in Hollywood. Interesting. She says that every year on uh, news shows. Uh, Another commercial. They can't do this movie now because TV is not a predominant force anymore. They would have to be on their phone. (laughs) No one's being bombarded by late-night television ads No one's anymore. being raised by television. I have a child. Trust me. She's on her tablet <laughs> watching YouTube videos. Yeah, they don't even know movie stars anymore. Yeah. It's like Brad Pitt. Who's Thanks that? Calling Dwayne Brad Pitt's going to be on Friends? What's Friends? What's that? Big discounts. Oh. This is I want you to walk out of here with me. Yeah, car dealership movies. It was a Dennis Hopper movie with uh, Don Johnson as a car dealer. They usually get like over in over their heads. Fargo. <laughs> Fargo, that's a good one. That's the only good one. What about the clo- uh, slasher, the John Landis documentary, and then there was the Goods. The Goods. Oh right, yeah, yeah. live hard, sell hard. I never saw that. It's it's good. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> I wish we could go back to like nineteen, the late '90s in Will Ferrell's uh, developments, because he's sort of 
He re- he sort of did like Dave Chappelle, where he realized he didn't need any structure. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm a big fan of. I, I met a lot of people who hate uh, Will Ferrell because he reminds them of an asshole. Like I had that with Bill Murray because I've had people really? beat me up and they remind me of Bill Murray. But a friend of mine, a coworker, said that he reminded him of his uh, asshole gym teacher, Will Ferrell. I've always uh, I've thought that about Steve Martin, and I can't put my finger on why. Like, he just has like a smarminess to to him. He just seems like an asshole. He yeah. really does because he th- he seems like. He he reached a level of uh, of comedy and performance where he, he sort of can look down his nose at everybody else. Do you you know my my father uh, who passed away was a uh, entertainment journalist and he interviewed a lot of people. Yeah, and he told me like the one person who was the biggest asshole. To watch his own oh yeah, yeah. And, really? Uh, yeah. I mean, he seems like a Tommy Lee Jones type where he, he said would they own showed it. up and he was like chewing gum. He just didn't give it. Needed to chew gum, but he didn't didn't bite any question. Mm. So I mean, I respect the people who don't give a shit to right. a certain degree. Ooh, Jesse Eisenberg. You respect Jesse Eisenberg? Well, Jesse Eisenberg seems like he's uh, like got uh, Aspergers or something. Like he doesn't seem like I've I've actually was I don't I think it was like a roundtable interview and he just seemed like a, he just seemed like a genuinely weird person. Like he. Yeah. Yeah. seem like a dick okay I'll take that because he always seems insufferable <laughs> uh, like the poor guy oh I, I saw David Cross He for Kung Fu Panda he spent his time dur- uh, during the video recordings as a clip talking about like just nothing like yeah. just purposely I, I have that somewhere oh <laughs> uh, here's uh, Owen Wilson what a cameo oh with Buck Henry I love Buck Henry, but he needs He's to never, be more. Yeah, where, where, what happened to that guy? He was in uh, Magnolia. Okay, yeah. And, that's, that's a while ago now. And then 30 Rock during the last 10 years. Oh, and the, uh, the, the famous uh, opening of uh, The Player. What was, he, what was he in 30 Rock? He was Liz Lemon's uh, father. And okay. he, would say, he would say stuff, we're having a lemon party. <laughs> So is like does the do people know that Buck Henry was like a swinger type? Uh, he was a swinger. Yeah. You go to the Playboy Mansion. Um, some other sort of swingers thing. That's so funny. There was a story about um, so when the South Park guys were hanging out when they were researching Orgasmo. They like would hang out with uh, these porn directors, and uh, and they showed up to a porn set, and then I think it was like Buck Henry, and who the hell else was there? Buck Hen- Henry, Richard Dreyfus, and I want to say, I want to, I don't remember who. The, there was a, a woman there. Anyway, they went to go see like the South Park guys while they were hanging out with these porn guys, and like apparently Buck Henry like knew some of the people there like yeah. they had hung out at some like weird swingers place in Hollywood oh well way to go Buck Henry <laughs> yeah so that was that movie was in the early 90s so he was still old too <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> well you gotta go old you gotta look old early and then it looks like he, like Leslie Nielsen looked the same age from like 40 until he was 90 it's so true but then you have someone like Tom Cruise who should start to age that's true but usually it looks the worst for people who started out boyish. Yeah, and then they become older. Yeah, like Bru- like Mel Gibson. Like he kind of hit a wall pretty hard there. Well, he has a, he has the same problem I have. When you grow a beard, you have like white hairs in your beard. <laughs> yeah. And then you look like a Jewish devil or something like that. 
He would hate that. He would not like to look like a Jewish devil. He probably looks like a bad Semite, you know, like a badass <laughs> Semite. Like, I, I'm going to own that look. Oh, here's another commercial of his. What's this actress's name? Uh, the actress? Yeah. Shit, I, saw, I read it, Glenn something. I wonder if... Uh... I forget her name. She's in a lot of stuff. She's one of those character actresses that you've seen a million times before. Yeah, she, she's in... I think she's in Mortal Thoughts Glenn as Headley? Well. Is that Glenn, it? Glenn Headley, yeah. She's in another Ellen Rudolph oh, movie. She was married to John Malkovich. I didn't know that. She said, John, if you can design suits, make them look good. He said, that's <laughs> it. We're getting a divorce. That's uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. That's where I knew her Oh, from. well, right on. God, I haven't seen that movie in a while. She's in lingerie, and she looks great. Yeah. This, this sex scene was in the trailer. That's how hot this trailer is. <laughs> You know you have a winner of a film where you have like a sex scene in the trailer. I don't know what it is. Again, with indie movies, it's the uh, they skip to dream sequence before they've established like an interesting reality. So they they do a lot of like fantasizing. But you're like, if I don't know who's fantasizing, I'm definitely not going to give a shit about their dream. You're absolutely right. I mean, there's nothing to kind of fall back on. And even if there is, like The Sopranos, the dreams part was the worst part. Yeah, yeah those three episodes. It seemed like... Uh, David Chase had a, had a certain amount of um, animosity towards the audience because a couple of his moves it seemed like a direct middle finger. Yeah, yeah. Season four, The Sopranos things. That show that actually uh, I grew up in. Uh, he Tony Soprano got shot in my town. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the first season, and then the Bada Bing was there. Yeah, and I know that ice cream parlor they go to in the oh, last really? episode. <laughs> yeah, that's down in uh, two towns from us. Uh, but the, his son dates someone from Montclair High School, so okay. they drive up to my high school in the last episode, and they go get ice cream at that place. And we used to go all the time. So <laughs> I'm sure they had great, great times. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it when. Uh, I guess the Avengers for me, I started off with evil Hawkeye. So here's a guy mm-hmm. who became evil, who I never met. Right, <laughs> right. And he spends the first forty minutes of a two and a half uh, movie evil, mm-hmm. and then he's unevil. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. The first, uh, people don't give the first half hour of the first Avengers credit for how bad it was. <laughs> like, that movie turned a corner and, and, like, the second half really worked and I liked it. Yeah. But, like, the first 30 minutes are a nightmare. Well, that's when they become evil. Like, right. characters I never met yet are now evil. <laughs> and and they're evenly matched anyway. And it's like them being snarky to each other. And I'm like, I don't care who these people are in the first place. Listen, if you're an evil you and you can't defeat the superheroes, what makes you think you defeat the supervillains when you're normal you? Right? You're evenly matched. I don't know how that math works, but I think you're onto something. <laughs> Let me call Josh it's, Wilson. It seems complicated. Russo brothers, listen to me. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, what's another one? Like uh, Romeo and Michelle does that too. Kind of. <laughs> they they kind of take a detour, but by that point, you know the characters. Well, they introduce a lot of characters in a dream sequence, and then when they go to real life, it's... So, who is Owen Wilson in this? And why is he on TV? So, like, he... Bruce Willis is on TV, and then he sees other people on TV. Right, now he's seeing his wife and his mistress. I don't know, for for a cameo, it's a very long cameo. Yeah. It's because he's been on the screen for about 10 minutes now. I need to hear truths I haven't heard before, Francie. Yeah, he's a white guy having a nervous breakdown. So this was so Bruce Willis helped make this happen somehow. Yeah, this was uh, going to be a Robert Altman movie. Uh, it never got made. Uh, uh, the director is a uh, friend of Robert Altman, and somehow Bruce Willis' uh, name got attached, and they made the movie. And it bombed. And from what I, c- I can't verify it, but apparently Bruce Willis owns the rights to this movie allegedly. 
he owns this movie full out. The look of it looks like four rooms, and I don't know why. I think it's like that weird constant close-up thing. It's also has that '90s obsession with bars. <laughs> you know, like all the bars are like retro cool mm-hmm. or like kitschy. They but... still do that though. I mean, that's still an indie movie thing. I mean, if you go watch watch Shame. Like where he's he's in the bar and Carrie Mulligan's singing New York, New York. I remember watching that movie and she's singing New York, New York at like one third speed. And she gets through the first verse and I'm like, there's no way she's going to sing this whole song. She sings the entire song. It's like seven minutes of screen time. And is it just, I haven't seen the movie, but it's just a scene of her in the nightclub or did they do a montage? It's like a smoky, like a smoky hotel bar where she's like a lounge singer. And I'm pretty sure that's her job. And you're like, that's not a job that people have anymore it's it, it's one of those weird uh writer realities where it, it, like it came out of some sort of hard-boiled novel that they read and they just sort of transposed it to real life i always have this horrible feeling that are friends with the musicians i said i have this role for you we'll have your band play and then we'll <laughs> yeah. have the actress sing mm-hmm. yeah and you'll do the soundtrack uh-huh. uh like sugar high from uh, uh from um that movie uh, records Empire Records Empire Records God that's yeah I was also thinking of Shortcuts where they have the band the jazz band one mm-hmm. of the characters is, sings Torchy songs at, uh, and that band's all, the, the entire soundtrack is that band <laughs> so it's like they must have got professional musicians mm-hmm. plan this out in advance whatever happened to David uh, Austin Green's rap career <laughs> yeah Oh, uh, him and David Faustino too is. Uh, <laughs> oh, David Faustino had a band too. Yeah, he had a rap career as well. I mean, that's a good side gig if you were in a show in the '90s. I think it's like you get really confused and you don't know what direction to go next, <laughs> yeah. and you just say, "Well, music's my next step." Well, it's like when attractive people just assume they're funny because like everybody's <laughs> always like laughing at whatever dumb thing they say. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Uh, so let's see what's going on, because this seems like an interesting scene. Yeah, check back in. It's Dwayne Hoover. Oh, so Buck Henry's in the other car. He's off TV and in real life. Look, it's Fritchie Berry. And we just They're drinking the daiquiris in a car or something. That, that's uh, uh, Michael... Relocated world classic. That's, that's uh, Michael J. White. Yeah, Michael J. What? White. What? In yeah. World Classic Library? Kilgore Trout's publisher. He's not going to hurt anybody. I want him to beat yeah. up somebody. Why would you have a karate guy and not have him kick anything? He probably they probably had a budget. Here's a bunch of suits, and they're like, these suits are really big. What are we going to do? Just get big actors. Let's get this movie going. <laughs> we need someone to fit these suits. <laughs> Kilgore Trout, Dwayne Hoover, Breakfast of Champions. See, this is not even a good car chase. There's too much noise. It's just, he just is driving at people. Yeah. And they're still at the car dealership. Or, uh, is there like toxic sludge spill again or something? This is my parents driving to the airport. There's a circle wipe. Circle wipe. Yeah, he's doing all the uh, shapes. I feel like he he just he knew he didn't have he knew the movie wasn't working so he tried to spice it up with a lot of tricks like you know a lot of sound effects a lot of canted angles a lot of wipes yeah they must have sat there with the at the editing bay going god come on I'm so bored I need to entertain myself <laughs> another star wipe okay uh, we let's hear him rant Kilgore is slowly making across Coulson. America Coulson. chaos 
So the so shot is, is part of the thing is that Bruce Willis is is worried about where Kilgore. Like he's wondering when Kilgore Trout's going to show up. Is that what's happening? Yeah, that's it. Because he he feels like he's connected to Kilgore Trout, so he created this arts festival to have him come by. Mm-hmm. Do we know what part of the country this takes place in? Arizona, Breaking Bad area, I guess. <laughs> Breaking Bad area. I, that's what I always imagined, that an American comedy has to take place in the Midwest. Yes, we did. Wonderful. Is he coming here to Midland City? Yes, Elliot, Midland he is. City. Midland what? City from Suicide Squad. Oh, that's Mid- Midway City. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I assume that's like Chicago, right? Midway. Midway. That's what I thought, yeah, too. Monsters yeah, Monsters the Midway. Yeah. Yeah, I just—I was just telling Vince I had watched that movie yesterday, and I, it definitely was a bad movie. But <laughs> see, I think that's a good bad movie. Yeah, I would have to say it's a bad bad movie. It feels like—I mean, it feels like a, a rap rock song. Like it feels very much like a, a, the Papa Roach uh, song of movies, or like a, it's a hybrid of—it's uh, like a hot topic clothing store yeah. aesthetic to like it. Like it's a very like Janko jeans kind of, yeah. yeah, like it, corn. It reminded me of Nightmare Before Christmas because you know how everyone wears their shirts and hoodies and stuff like that with the characters. Uh-huh. Like, I see Suicide Squad hoodies in the future, like <laughs> for ten years. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was just detached the first half hour and I, I couldn't click with it. And I, I'm not a, I don't like when uh, the smoking aces style of introducing mm-hmm. a character and then having a flashback scene. It's like just show me in real life. Like, I kind of like that, and I kind of wished they would have had the balls to make it just that. Like, yeah. as soon as it got into the plot after that, you're like, all right, well, now I don't care. But I thought we were just going to make the movie, like, character introductions. I kind of enjoyed that. I wouldn't mind, like, just, like, uh, tuning out, like, shortcuts of supervillains and then, uh-huh. just, yeah. But I don't like it when they do flashbacks because I just feel like I'm watching a movie trailer to something else. <laughs> That's what it felt like, yeah, because you're like, oh, well... The trailer's the best part of the superhero yeah. movies, so we're just going to make a movie that's all a trailer. Well, you see a trailer, and it's like ninjas fighting ninjas, robots fighting robots, and you go, I can't wait to see this movie. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know this guy in a flashback fought robots, and there's a <laughs> two-second scene. And it's like, that's in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. It's just a flashback. Well, what happened with that movie is like the trailer came out, and it was way different than what the actual movie was, but everybody loved the trailer so much that they got the tra- trailer company to re-edit the movie. Really? Yes. <laughs> which is why it kind of seems like a hack together nonsense well it's like when you introduce a character and then there's like a, a stat sheet and each stat sheet has a different font to it so. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah my my wife uh, hates smoking aces and part of the reason she hates it is that they always introduce the character and then they'll say this character is known to throwing ninja stars and they'll have a scene with <laughs> throwing ninja stars and it's like well you don't meet the guy you know <laughs> right. you never actually see them well you just want his attributes yeah his stats, that's fine. Now he's, oh, sorry. Now he's back with his wife again. Well, at least he's banging. I don't think they're having sex, though. They're in bed. TV. Can't trust these people. Going bananas down here for Hawaiian week. Hey, ask anybody. You can trust Dwayne Hoover. I trust you, Dwayne. Card title wife was the... Uh, so he's losing it. Why is it Hawaiian week and he's in safari? With a gorilla in the forest. I'm real confused. And he's got striped pajamas like he's in a concentration camp now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... Life is beautiful. Have those pajamas. It reminds me of a, a story of us where he's sitting with his <laughs> wife, Michelle Pfeiffer, in bed. 
She's spacey drunk again. Is that what's going on? So she's she taking pills in bed. Uh, okay, that's why she's spacey. While watching TV and probably oh, that's water though. I mean, we've never seen the the middle aged wife who's zonked out on pills in a movie before. I mean, that's a new that's a new twist on on domesticity. I think. Yeah. God, even when he wrote this novel in 1973, people were like, you get it, the pills, the housewives. Your uh, uh, concentration camp, uh, I'm, I'm now thinking of a totally different movie now. <laughs> Maybe this is an allegory. Like, it's just... Well, this is inspiring me to go back and read the book again. Yeah, well, there you go. Because I definitely don't remember any of this. I don't remember the fallout shelter. I, I do remember Kilgore Trout, because I was a big fan of when every time he popped up. And that the narrator, I mean, the, the novel is about the narrator. It's right. about Kurt Vonnegut drawing an asterisk and saying, this looks like an asshole. Yeah. You know? This is my asshole. So now is someone upset that he's going to kill himself? Is that Winona Ryder? No, it's Lucas Austin. <laughs> <laughs> he really looks like Winona Ryder. Prairie Military Academy. It's the highest rank you yeah. can achieve in your senior year. We're supposed to make a man out of you. Why would I want that? He's so tortured, Bruce. What men do is so often cruel and ugly. You look like your mother just then. <laughs> is his mother Winona Ryder? Because <laughs> then that would make sense. Lucas Haas doesn't seem like he's aged much. No, he looks this way. Yeah, I mean, sometimes he'll grow a little mustache, but even that's kind of like... Has, has he been in anything lately? Inception. He was in Inception, wasn't he? He was the first guy they go in who kind of bungled the deal. Was he? Oh man! But I, I do think like that. Christopher Nolan always picks like weird people, to, like weird young boys mm-hmm. to be in his movies. <laughs> um, the, the guy from Blossoms and uh, uh, Dark Knight as one of Joker's henchmen. Guy from Blossom. I know that because there's a TV show called Unhappily Ever After. No, not Unhappily Ever After. Till Death Do We Part. Or something. Till uh-huh. Death. And it was. Uh, uh, this guy thinks he at the fourth season one of the main characters thinks he's in a sitcom and he goes to a, a sitcom uh, awareness group and it's everyone from Blossom and the actor says hey I was in Batman I was in Dark Knight <laughs> and I thought wow Christopher Nolan likes those young boys I need some sound on this I don't okay, know what's, yeah, what's going on so I think uh, Kilgore is getting his hitchhike days nothing to do but read my toilet paper I still remember one of the stories that I've read the oh it's this guy I like this guy I don't remember his name but the last story I ever read, as a matter of fact, it was about another planet where some government guy used a roulette wheel to decide which artwork to put in the museums and which to keep out. That roulette wheel is rigged, and then the guide is uh, whatever you When you're hitchhiking, it. you just have to uh, sit the there and listen to the trucker's stories. Yeah. Whatever he says. That does seem like it'd be the worst part of hitchhiking. I always think that about bus drivers. Like, they kind of just have to sit there, and it's always you're, you're a captive audience to for whatever crazy person comes onto the bus. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. And they're just sitting there in the front. They're just ranting, and the bus driver's going to be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, God, when's my shift over? Uh-huh. So when they start calling him driver, listen, driver. <laughs> then like, oh, this guy's old school. But then they got like the friends. Like there's some drivers who just happens to have the regular on the bus mm-hmm. with them and they're chatting away. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, when you get a ride from a truck driver, it's uh, ask uh, grass or gas, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. No, no one rides for free. No one rides. So he's talking and you kind of don't have to worry about that. Bring up the subject. What's that actor's name next to Albert Finney there? 
I don't know. Is he he's an actor? Like, is he, a name? This guy. You know what? When you watch something on like Amazon now, you, it'll pop up. You can like mouse over it and like it tells oh, really? you the actor. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, usually it says uh, A-list movie star taking money, and then young actors just happy to be in an Amazon series. You know, every like uh, like Netflix show, and I don't watch them much. It seems like here's the A-lister, and then a bunch of young actors that are just happy to be working. Right. You know? All right, so this is a. It, there's even a sign. They put, made a sign for this festival coming up. And they had a license plate that showed up on screen that just said Midland. So they're in the they're in the city of Midland in the state of Midland. It's a state of mind. Uh, yeah. It's a, so very much. They're supposed to be in Anywheresville. I'm getting that. And here's Omar Epps again. And I don't really. He's just happy to be there. He's like Mr. Smithers. He's oh, we got the sick. Canted angle close up again. Oh, oh and it turns one. and then close to the hand. Right, this looks like the movie Senseless with David Spade <laughs> and Marlon Wayne. It's like his senses are uh, enhanced, so that's why it has this crazy angle. Someone's cracking up. That's that's what that camera angle says. Plus the way Bruce is acting right now. See, he didn't act this well in Cop Out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's actually making faces for this movie. <laughs> yeah, he's changing the uh, the. The uh, the voice he's going up and down. He's got <laughs> what the hell is Omar Epps doing back there? He's uh yeah. There's a close up of two ladies talking to Bruce, and behind him, like way behind him, is Omar Epps jumping up and down. Another good example of the the two minor characters in the scene are insane, while the main character is supposed to be having a breakdown. And you're like, well, who's insane in this? Because they're kind of all just nutty. The the two women are caricatures, and they're not real. And then you have Omar jumping up and down in the background, <laughs> so, but he's having a nervous breakdown. That uh, envelope licking scene took twenty takes. <laughs> she had a very weird way of licking that envelope. Well, her, it's her character way of looking. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. She practiced that. And when she was 12, that was an incident. Dwight? The premise of this movie is that he's afraid to go outside, and every time he goes... This is uh, the premise of our podcast, Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. There's no way you could not watch this movie had Vince and I not <laughs> talked with you, hung out with you, and done this. Definitely be a lot of pistols and mounds like Bruce Willis. Pistols and yeah. Oh man. Oh, that's the reason why she's looking funny. Because it's supposed to be he's having a fantasy about it. It's turning Bruce on. Francine. I may ask you to slip away with me again today. Oh, you may ask, you may ask, but I wouldn't go in a million years. This is how people talk. <laughs> Dwayne Hoover's X-11 Motor Village. This definitely feels like a 90s movie. Just one moment, please. Uh, while trying to look like a 70s film, I guess. It feels like the kind of 90s stuff that we forgot. Like the, the, the stuff that we like rightly left in the 90s. Like you remember, it takes you back because you're like, oh yeah, I forgot all the bad stuff. Well, it's, you mean like the middle of a music video or like, I always think of uh, the Max and uh, the grunge font. Yeah, the grunge font. Yeah. Or the cyber font. There's like a, uh-huh. oh, Johnny Mnemonic. I forgot about that movie. <laughs> That's your first reference for grunge font. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, uh, 
and, you know, dystopian. It's grungy because it's the future. <laughs> All right, he's leaving this scene. I really am out of this movie. I can't now there's someone doing movie. yoga. Oh, she's answering the, the phone, phone with her mouth. So who's this girl now? That's Nick Nolte's lady? Right, that's his wife. Okay. Remember they were doing it together in lingerie yeah, yeah. an hour ago? This is like an open mic. It's like, hey, do you guys remember the two guys in lingerie an hour ago? <laughs> no. Well, we've still got another hour show. <coughs> What's her deal? They seem like they have a nice relationship. I think she's okay with the fact that he cross-dressed, and he's, mm-hmm. he thinks it's going to... He's a little nervous about it. Yeah, this relationship seems aspirational. She's doing yoga. She's staying fit. He's, like, you know, allowed to explore all his fetishes. And she's very supportive. She has a, a yoga room. Okay, so here's uh, Kilgore. He's going hitching another ride, and he's in another eccentric. Imagine that. <laughs> Just like that. Is that a uh, that guy looks like Patrick Dempsey? Oh God. Robots. That does not describe me, Andy Wojciechowski. No, sir. I'm my own boss. Right down the highway, baby. <laughs> All right, I got to turn the volume off on this. So I'm done well, with I was enjoying it. Oh, you want to hear more Patrick Dempsey? Sub Dempsey. 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 He's got a fur coat on inside the car, which is yeah. also interesting. He looks like a coat rack with the hat, like the hat on top. Like it's like a hat rack. He's not wearing the hat very well. He looks like Patrick Dempsey dressed as uh, what is it? Uh, what's the guy from Fast Times? The really the guy who oh the the Weasley quasi, guy yeah quasi yeah. rapes the girl. I don't remember that. Quasi rapes Jennifer Jason Leigh. She has quasi. to get a abortion. Isn't rape her? He just sort of coerces her. And then he doesn't show up. He doesn't yeah. follow through. Shocking. Fucker. Now we have a narration. Oh no no it's Nick Nolte ranting. It's about large penises. Go back. Oh, yeah, sorry. Let's rewind. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere, man. Well, that's the point. You don't have to. Just fill this out for me, and I'll take care of the rest. Drawings this afternoon. Hey, let's go. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so they're playing music in the background. That must be a, a political uh, satire reason. Still, still curious about Omar Epps' character. So he idolizes yeah. Hoover. So he gets out of jail and he goes straight to be a car salesman. And uh, Hoover hasn't really talked to him at all during this movie. And Barbara Hershey's going mad. She's packing her all her pills. And her TV remote, you see, there's some, mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. satire. And, uh, and she's got the pillow that holds her remote control and that's going inside the suitcase. And a note Dear John. Oh, yeah. Dear Dwayne, goodbye, Blue Monday. See, that was very, like, they copied the font. Like, that was probably handwritten in the book, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, All yeah. that stuff. The graffiti that uh, Kilgore Trout saw. And, uh, now Lucas Haas has got a miniature hat, a la uh, Men on Film. <laughs> oh, she threw it in the bunker. Oh, Be Bunny, Love Mom. Oh, that's very encouraging. Oh, so he's a misunderstood rich kid. But he has one bunny slipper and one regular shoe. Is he in a nuclear shelter? What's happening? Yeah, they well, you know, this is a satire on America, so they have a fallout shelter, and that's where he 
He's not in the closet. He's in the fallout shelter. Well, Mr. Hoobler, if you're watching, you have just one first prize. Yeah, I was wondering why they had a Hawaiian to Hawaii, I guess. Wouldn't it suck if they had Hawaii Week and there was no contest? <laughs> it's just Hawaii Week. We but like who that goes to a, Who goes to a contest at the car dealership? Is that a thing? Was that... Would people... Yeah, they have gimmicks, but... But did that actually work on anybody? There no. is this whole idea that you had, you know, you'd have like a hot dog feed or like a clam bake or if Hawaiian have, Week. If you have a contest, I guess like uh, if you have a contest, you have to by law like send someone can do it without purchase, no mm-hmm. purchase necessary. So they don't they could just send a postcard instead of showing up in person. You think there was like lot lizards that would go from, you know, eating free food to free food at different car dealerships? Oh yeah, they're like oh, I love Hawaii. I can't wait to win. I want to see the movie about that guy. That'd be pretty cool. They follow like they could t- the goods could team up with them. Like it'd be like a crossover. There's like, a lot of low angles like this too. The, the heroic, you know, I guess those are like the uh, oh, tramp, having, tramp of the will type angles. Nick Nolte's having his own nervous breakdown. And then uh, regular Americans, there's reaction shots of regular Americans. What's going on? No more mountains. No more mountains. Oh, so it's a live paid advertisement and he's losing it. I, so he's going to rip his clothes off and reveal his laundry. Oh, okay, yeah. I should have seen that coming. He's looking for his watch. Oh, there you go. Hey, there wow. you go. I mean, you have already seen this, so that doesn't really count. Yeah, it was in the trailer for an hour ago. How did he just rip all his clothes off in one stroke like that? He had stripper suit on. Go for it, big boy. Just go for it. Head to Mr. Hoover. Mr. Hoover, you're on. You're live. <laughs> I love you like a brother, Dwayne Hoover. Like a brother. We better get an ambulance. Oh, you could say I love you, Dwayne, or Mr. Hoover. Don't have to say so, his full fucking name again. Are we back to Kilgore now? Yeah, he's almost there. He better show up. This is like Wayne Stock 2. It's not going to happen until the end credits. We have, uh... Yeah, he's slowly making it to Midland, Mid-City. He's still dressed like he's in New York State. I do love those hats with the fur on the, the fur flaps on the side. Those are great hats. Oh, hey, wait, he's going to meet Barbara Hershey. Or no, Midland they walk, City, I have arrived. They literally walk Oh, he's by. in Midland City. There you go. Oh, so she recognizes him. <laughs> You see, there's noisy traffic and pollution, and there's support the back door of America. Ad. Butt joke. Uh, Again, they even have, like, overdone sound effects for the river. I guess because the river's polluted. It's the toxic sludge S effect. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Blurp, blurp, blurp. Blurp. Are you going in there? The music you think thinks is a character too. The yeah. only way to Midlands. A lot of music cues. You think they're doing the? You think there's like an, an ADR guy who's just like blowing bubbles in a one of those? I mean, he's got a bong. I don't know. How yeah, do, it's a bong. It's a bubbler. He's. Uh, that's why they decided to add it. He was actually doing it during the shoot. They must have the worst sound. I think they must have been desperate, like, or they they did this intentionally. Well, they wanted everything to be heightened. Yeah. 
But you're like a heightened version of what? I don't know where we are or who these people are or what's going on. Oh, he's going to put his feet in the full splash. Let's see if it makes noise. Bloop, 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 bloop. Splish. Splash. That's his right foot going in. Left foot again. Splish. I don't know. the cockroach, Midland City. Feast your eyes on your miserable creator. Yeah, you're sitting in the movie theater like, God, just stop. It's a busy sound palette, I think is how you describe that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that. Is she falling in love with Kilgore Trout right now? Synthesizing. It's a movie about a guy having a mental breakdown. She's having a mental breakdown. Nick Nolte's having a mental breakdown. This guy's obviously crazy walking in sludge. Yeah, you need some sane people there just for contrast. Yeah. Groundhog's Day and everyone is going through their own Groundhog's Day. Oh, and there's the joke. He had bare feet, and now he's covered in mud sludge. I think the rest of the orchestra walked off the set. That's why they just have the... uh... IMDb says that neon sign still exists. Uh in uh, Idaho or wherever this oh. shot they just uh, the number 19 is behind his face I get a, a very like Barstow vibe like somewhere halfway to Vegas yeah right you're driving you see it yeah wow all the characters are walking past Kilgort I just have too many cars okay, that's okay, all okay okay just forget it sir. I can't forget it because I should know my driver's license number. Maria, she said if she was going to... She came that way, and then she said... That All right, well, they're, at the, they're almost at the uh, arts festival. It's uh, good to see a movie about a novel about an arts festival. <laughs> so is the arts festival that's put on by the car dealership? Yeah, because okay. he just wants Kilgore to show up. I like. I mean, that's a good That's good writing, at least. He owns it. He's holding their tongues, too. Gross. Yeah, we're watching him go lying down. He's going bed. to sleep with a pith helmet on. <laughs> no, he put it over his penis. He's the uh, he looks like the Chronicle reviewer after watching this movie. He's got his head <laughs> on his lap and he's asleep. All right. So Maritel Inn, that's like the Hampton Inn, right? They got everything that looks the same as the Hampton Inn. It was supposed to be Holiday Inn, and uh, they, legally they had to change it. In the book, I think it's a Holiday Inn. Ameritel, come on. You can say American Telecom? Yeah. America Television? America Hotel. Hotel. Ameritel. Ameritel, yeah. Hotel right. America. Yeah, there you go. It only took me a couple minutes out loud to figure that out. So now is Kilgore Trout like in Paradise Paradise now? Is that what's going on? Something's happening. Not now. The abominable snowman has arrived. Kidnapped from the slopes of Mount Everest, taken a slave to a bordello in Rio de Janeiro. I've come to the arts festival in Midland City to have myself acknowledged before I die. I'm here for the open mic. Is this Mutiny (laughs) Radio? I heard there's an open mic. Get this open mic with terrible feet to the stage at once. Are they treating him nice? Yeah, he's, he's the guest of honor. He just thought he was an anonymous writer, but... Uh, All his fans? Yeah. Your greatest admirer. 
You're Rosewater? You don't look like a person Sir, who reads those I am gathered to this Oh, this is another Vonnegut character, Rosewater. He's, he's in another novel. Oh, I don't remember him. And of course, I've read them all. You've read that much of my stuff? Of course. In these what names come in and out, the characters. So in, uh, uh, what was that Rodney King uh, movie, Back to School? Mm-hmm. He gets Kurt Vonnegut's right uh, essay about Kurt Vonnegut, and Kurt Vonnegut shows up and hands it to him. <laughs> and then at the end, he says, "Vonnegut, he's on the phone. I'm not going to pay you. I got to see." Fuck me, fuck you. The son Keith Gordon directed Mother Night, uh, the, uh, which is a Vonnegut thing, which I always always like that aspect. But Vonnegut showed up in the, but he he was in the, you know pop culture face, and he would show up in these things. So so strange. To make a movie is not a bad idea. He, he is a pop culture creature, and right. movies are pop culture, so why why can't it work? Yeah, I mean, his books are already almost multimedia. Yeah. You know, uh, Vince, I wanted to... to I, I really enjoy uh, uh, Film Drunk, your website, and uh, Frogcast, uh, your podcast, and your movie reviews, and you wrote an essay a year ago about how you like the movie Tommy Boy yeah, yeah. over Black Sheep, and I just want to bring that up because I love Black Sheep. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like an Abner Costello movie. You it's, know? Uh, I mean, it's like zero to a hundred right away. You mentioned a scene where uh, he is driving a campaign bus with a yeah. megaphone, and it says, vote for this guy, and he says, he's my brother, and then he says, hey, friendly dog. And then he starts yelling at the megaphone that these dogs are attacking him. I find that funny. <laughs> that a campaign so <laughs> would drive by with a guy yelling about dogs. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a joke there somewhere. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was uh, structured or executed. It's just the sheer well. force of uh, Chris Farley, I guess. Yeah, it sort of feels like all the, the ingredients of Tommy Boy, but just like in a different put together in in a weird way if you can go go to film drunk type in tommy boy in the search engines to find the article but you do mention that tommy boy has heart and that's the reason yeah. why you like that movie and that is which is weird because i usually don't like i'm not like a person who's oh that, that has heart that's why i like it but that tommy boy is like the one exception where i'm like there's something about it where even when the joke doesn't 100 percent work you you sort of you give it credit? I don't know. I don't right. know why. There's something... It's just Farley's presence, I think. Well, he's a sweet president in that. And people do like him in that movie, yeah. even though they're 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 stomping all over him or what have you. <laughs> right. But in Black Sheep, it's episodic. It's just like, here they get attacked by a bat. Uh, there's some terrible scenes in that movie. Uh, they rip off The Simpsons with uh-huh. the, uh, the voting scandal. And then because it came out in 1996, an election year, there's a scene where MTV Votes presents. <laughs> right, yeah. And Chris Farley goes, get out of vote. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, we got it. I think Tommy Boy feels like authentic Chris. It feels like what people like about Chris Farley is, you know, like he's this big, this big dumb animal kind of thing. Yeah. So it feels like, that feels... Um, Tommy Boy feels like the Chris Farley that people liked, the things that people like about Chris Farley, whereas like Black Sheep feels 
like someone yelling at Chris Farley to be more like Chris Farley. Like it's, it feels like a dance monkey kind of movie for Chris Farley. I, 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 yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, he seems like a family member. Like he's the sweet guy that everyone knows in the family, yeah. but in black sheep, it's like, okay, here's, here's the premise. You have a tie and there's an elevator closing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Your yeah. head's action. Oh, yeah. my door. Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, what do people like about Chris Farley? Oh, they like it when he shouts. So the first scene, he's going to be like yelling about dogs, you know? Yeah, totally. Oh, if he rolls down a hill, let's have a clip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it'll be an avalanche and he'll roll down a hill. Uh, and then, of course, they get stuck and stuff. Mm-hmm. He goes votes mm-hmm. and they get stuck. And my favorite scene is the last scene where he happens to be by a private jet. And uh-huh. he's wearing a tie and the door is closing <laughs> and the jet light tie stuck in the plane. He gets lifted on the uh, the antenna of the local news uh, satellite truck. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but I do love, uh, he goes, oh, you, get, you should wipe off all that white crud. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I discovered white crud. I'm a millionaire. I didn't say white crud. I said white mud. No, white mud. I, sw- I fucked it up. I said, I need to clean off that white mud. And then Spade says, oh, right. I discovered white mud. I'm a millionaire. He goes, oh, no, I said white crud, white crud. So I, I thought, like, if that's in the script, I must commend them. I think if that he- was an improv, then I must commend them. I think he, uh, I don't know, it seems like they they overused the um, naked gun leaving the mic on joke like like three too many times. Oh, absolutely, movie. yeah. I mean, it started with one of them, and then it, there's another one like in the TV antenna scene, I think. Yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot. I, well, I, I just want to bring it up. What do you guys think? Uh, <laughs> go ahead and think it. <laughs> Don't tell us. <laughs> Don't just keep it to yourself. Just keep it to yourself. Like, but I, I, I've I've seen Black Sheep more times. I think just really, cause, yeah, because it reminds me of watching Abbott Costello movies okay. where it doesn't okay. really. It's just them hitting a peak and then yeah. Because the whole thing, I saw in the theater and I'm watching them in the bat. I go, well, this. <laughs> I didn't sign up for a bat in a cabin. And I go, well, that's what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And I also think the director hates David Spade. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That comes through very strongly. <laughs> Which I really like. Have you read the backstory on that? I mean, that's basically what happened. She's my favorite director. Really? Penelope sure. It's like, she makes these great comedies, you know. But, like, what else? I mean, Wayne's World and Black Sheep. The Decline Western Civilization okay. movies are good. The third one I finally saw. Those right. are, like, documentaries, right? Yeah. yeah. Or, well, so, okay, so she did uh, Beverly Hills Billies. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Little Rascals wasn't that good. Uh, Senseless, which has its moments. <laughs> bad Dudes. Okay. I guess. She bad these, Dudes? She did these movies in the 80s. Like, yeah, it's John Cryer and uh, Jason, the guy from uh, River's Edge. Okay, yeah. Uh, Jason, uh, Daniel Robart. Uh, here, I have IMDb right here. We can go ahead and find Bad Dudes. Yeah, you know, these are films in the 80s, which I should have seen. I never did. And about suburban punk kids and stuff like that. <laughs> bad dudes oh video game all right maybe i'm mixing it up uh but yeah uh i i like her movies so but yeah what's so what's the backstory uh that like penelope spheres like saw tommy boy and she's like i like this chris farley dude i don't know why david spade like she didn't understand their dynamic at all like she just thought david spade was sort of just like an extraneous uh you know ingredient that didn't need to be there so like everything they did she would sort of try and like write him out of it 
or at least that was David Spade's take on it. And it, you know, from the things I've read from Penelope's Fierce, it seems similar. I did. I did listen to Wayne's World recently with the, the, the director's commentary because uh-huh. any kind of commentary about Mike Meyer movies, I want to hear what they have to say. Really, and why is that? Because the uh, Austin Powers, when the DVD novelty first started, and they were kind of spearheaded the sales. Him and and Jay Roach sat down and they talked together and they pointed out jokes and his old writing partner. But we were talking about comedic assholes. I, I think he's up there as yeah, well. Yeah. He's up there with Steve Martin, uh-huh. and uh, uh, and I just want to hear people be truthful about right. the way he does it, you know. And uh, so she has some nice things and some some kind of. She didn't really pull that many punches, but it was definitely when the Chris Farley scene. She's just like, "Oh, sweet Chris." <laughs> <laughs> they Dana and Mike said they had a friend, and we put him on, and uh-huh. he was so sweet. You know. What was he? When was he? Is he like one the of the fans? Guard. Oh, security guard, Mr. Okay. Big security right, guard, where he right, explains right. the whole uh, route that Mr. Big takes, and then yeah. he shows up in Wayne's World too as a uh, Wayne Stock uh, mm-hmm. security guard bouncer. Yeah, uh, uh, Mike Myers comes off pretty bad in the uh, the um, Saturday Night Live twenty five book, like the oral history book of Saturday Night Live. I, the only thing I remember is some anecdote about. Uh, I think it's what was it like some 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 producer or something was like asking him like who who would you like to work with and this was like sort of at the beginning of mike myers's career and mike myers like thinks for a second he's like fellini i would really like to work with fellini and the guy's like all right man yeah <laughs> let's hold your breath yeah well he did i guess he worked with quentin tarantino someone took him seriously yeah you know he uh i mean uh, the dude can act like this undeniable like he's not untalented I, I did read a good mean story uh, on AV Club's random roles. They had uh, an actress who was in Cat in the Hat, mm-hmm. and she said that uh, he had like uh, they covered the trailer to the set so he wouldn't look at people. Uh-huh. Like he had someone holding water and someone holding candy, you know, and that <laughs> the director just was kind of novice at it, so he kind of rough housed what he wanted. Yeah, and, yeah. He does seem like an eccentric. I mean. Maybe he's yeah. Maybe Asperger's again. Yeah, who knows? What's it's weird. I mean, is he still making movies? What, yeah. What's he, he hasn't been in anything he wrote for a, a while book about Canada. And okay. He did Supermensch, which I don't know if you sat okay. through that one. I did not. It's a derivative a documentary. It's a documentary about a rich guy who right. he crashed at his house, and as director, uh. he shows up as a talking head. And they don't even acknowledge that he's directing the movie. He's just, yeah. I stayed at Chef's house for four months in Hawaii, and he really helped me go I through mean, a tough stage. Stacy Peralta kind of does that in uh, Dogtown and the Z Boys, but you, for some reason you're just like, yeah, whatever. But you kind of feel like they're part of the culture, though, right? I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is kind of suspect. You should say, "I'm the director of this film," by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one who produced it. Or just it. on your like on your Chiron at the bottom, the, director of this film. There's no like love guru uh, character coming out. <laughs> uh, there's no like talk of rebooting Austin Powers. No, no. But, I mean Austin Powers. They milked it. They milked that for a while. The third one they milked dry. <laughs> right. <laughs> they did the three movies. Yeah. They don't have to do a four. I mean, how many other comedies get three installments like that? I mean, most Rush comedy Hour? sequels are bad. Yeah, that's yeah, true. But that's but like an action awful. comedy. All right. Okay. Let's uh, please kind of be three. The, uh, okay. Back to basics. Fair. Fair. Uh, Naked Gun, I guess. Oh, uh, what about uh, shit? The American Pie movies. Yeah, that was that's Reunion, true. the third one. Yeah, or, that yeah. was insufferable. That's worse than this movie <laughs> that we're not watching. Uh, what? Uh, 
Third comedy movies. Yeah, there, there's... Oh, House Party 3. Okay. I did uh, not know they made three of those, I'll be honest. Made, uh, USA Network had House Party 4, which has <laughs> does not have Kitten or Play in it. Yeah, House Party 2 is insufferable, and House Party 3 is... Uh, oh, wait, they're meeting now, though. Oh, Kilgore Trout. <laughs> nice guy. So Kilgore Trout likes him, so that's good. I think he had... A, Bruce had his epiphany. Which was what? Here he is. I'm an asshole Bruce. The stories about Kevin Smith and Bruce Willis does make me feel like he's hard to work with. But he does commit. I mean, he, he comes across the screen well, Bruce Willis. But it was sort of like Kevin Smith was like, hey, he treated me like I was an amateur or something. I was like, well, maybe yeah. there's some truth to that. You, you watch the dailies. <laughs> that movie has wacky angles and fast edits and, and, like cam- and the stalking camera and mm-hmm. the shaky cam and... The editing. This is the climax of the movie we're watching. Why did he throw that guy into the piano just now? Why is he talking to the man's feet <laughs> that are flying in it? total of what I stand for. Will you explain exactly what it is about my writing that made you want to hurt these people? You said it yourself. I'm the only creature in the universe that has free will. Don't you remember? This is a white guy movie. <laughs> Where are they? They're at the Maritel conference room at a strobe light party. <laughs> yeah, where's the strobe light coming from? Some hippie has a light show going on during this. This is the episode of Pokemon that, that caused kids to go nuts. <laughs> Epilepsy. You're not supposed to know the answer for crying out loud. I should put an epilepsy warning on this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're still listening, go check out Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube.blogspot. Tell tell them the time that the strobe comes in, just in case. Oh, that's a good point. So I would say about... I would stop watching this movie. (laughs) Oh, there's total strobe going on right now. Yeah, about an hour and a half. Omar Epps is back. Is is Omar Epps going to save the day here? I don't know what his purpose of this movie is. Well, he reaches epiphany, and then I guess maybe Albert Finney says, here's your protege. This man's been calling out for you. Mm-hmm. So he's living in the car. Is that the premise? Yeah, he's cooking off the grill. Now oh, they're fighting. Oh, it's a scene from Blind Date with John Lorcat. Gotta love a bad movie fight. The camera's moving around like it's Battlefield Earth. machine are you each scene has its own sound effect and Eli said we couldn't trust anybody but in God we trust I'm gonna lower the volume again I'm just I guess I get too uh, sidetracked by what's going on in the scene they're all staying there at tent yes and then his his boob mistress is back I am Dwayne Her and Jennifer Tilly have the same kind of voice. Yeah. I'm Wayne Hoover. Do you think there's a director holding the camera beneath him right now? That's or a good it's question. Like I said, they love the low angles. It's total low angle. It's been going on for a while now. See, that's in the book, the word popping up. So, Bruce uh, Hoover's protege went crazy also? Yeah, Is that- he, he orgasmed. 
Oh, he punched the guy. Jake. I think that's Jake Johansson. Oh, man. I don't remember Jake Johansson doing anything at all before that scene. Was he, uh, he wasn't in Groundhog's Day. That was Rick Overton. I always get that mixed up. I don't know if he's been in a movie. He probably was in other 90s indie films, you know, like the other guy at the party. Oh, films like Destiny Turns on the Radio and all that crap. Oh, I wonder if that's on YouTube. We'll have to check for the future. Some other, torture someone else with that Yeah, one. if it's okay. <laughs> I appreciate you doing this. I've been holding this movie for a while because... Uh, I'm glad you saved it just yeah. for me. This is the first time you have to sit through a film and not get paid. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll plug the... Uh, I'll well, plug. I don't get paid by the film that I sit through, which, man, that would be no, better. But, uh, yeah, right, if they say, hey, like a church group, hey, would you like to see Dear God? That happened to me once. <laughs> they were standing outside the Kabuki passing out uh, tickets for Greg Kinnear's movie, Dear God. Oh, Dear God? What is that? That is a Gary Marshall film about a wacky convict who gets roped in to work in the postal service, notices a lot of dead letters, and most of them addressed to God. Uh-huh. So he decides to answer them. And the first one he answers, this is uh, uh, Venice Beach, uh, 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 and he, he, Jack Klugman is drowning himself in the ocean, and he rescues him. I got your letter. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's not, I was thinking that was like some sort of faith-based... Uh... It's. It was the start of Greg Kinnear's faith-based. Yeah, he's got a lot uh, of those. So what's yeah. going on there? He's a professional. I mean, maybe if he <laughs> believes in it, if he's conservative, liberal yeah. Hollywood, then that's fine. But, but it seems like that's the only roles he's getting now. He's the go-to guy on that. What was it? Heaven can be real. He's the father in one of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Heaven is for real. He's the dad in that. He plays Todd Burpo. <laughs> Todd Burpo. <laughs> yeah. His son Colton Burpo goes to heaven. Which he, which the real kid said it wasn't true, or that he said I don't know what he said. I can't remember if Colton Burpo recanted. Well, he never actually died, so. But he went. He saw the light and came back. Yeah. And there some, was a sequel. Some stuff happened. Yeah. That's well, like he, my girl too. Like, what else could you do? <laughs> was there a sequel to Heaven Is Real? I know there was yeah. a God's Not Dead too. Oh, did, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Okay. God's not, maybe yeah. I'm thinking God's Not Dead is the yeah. kid who thought he he went to heaven and. I think you're. I think you're getting those no, two confused. God is for real is a professor. Yeah, that's the professor. It's basically based on the uh, the Marine Todd uh, meme, where like the Marine, oh, like the pr- professor says God's not dead, and like the Marine beats him up or something. I I've, love that meme. I've seen that before. <laughs> I've seen that actually. Well, let's see. We're gonna type that in while this movie goes on. <laughs> yeah, Marine meme. It is the best meme. Yeah, you should just read the original like email forward. Marine Todd. Marine Todd? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, sure. Here we go. And it's basically the same story as uh, God's Not Dead. We're like the atheist professor. We're not watching this movie, full disclosure, right now. We're on Know Your (laughs) Meme for Marine Todd. Let's see if we could. Hey, you know, hey, Vince, a Marine was taking a college class Uh between his deployment to uh, Afghanistan, and one of his courses had a professor that was, oh, here we go, God, (laughs) we need this awful You need the graphic with it. (laughs) One of the courses had a professor that was an atheist and a member of the ACLU, which rhymes with Jew. One day, the professor shocked everyone by walking into the class, looking up and stating, God, if you are real, I want you to come down and knock me off this platform. I'll give you 15 minutes. What's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Jeez. Uh, they mentioned there's a, a Marine during several minutes. <laughs> tick by in silence. And then when the 15 minutes almost expired, the Marine gets up from his seat, approaches the professor, and punched him in the face, knocking him off the platform out cold. The Marine simply went back to his seat. The professor came to, came to, right, visibly shaken, and asked the Marine, 
What the heck did you do that for? Now, I can't read because the share icons are on that. The Marines said God was busy protecting America's military. Who I can't read this. It says like. Yeah, underneath. We're out uh, protecting your right to say any stupid shit like that. So he sent me to fill in. Oh. Nice, nice. Oh, and these are all the examples of it. So there's an atheist professor in God's Not Dead. And, uh, well, I don't know. I, I can't remember the first one. I saw the sequel, which was some teacher that uh, was telling people what Jesus, or, or was teaching the kids. No, she's teaching the kids about Martin Luther King and Gandhi. And one of the kids is like, that's sort of like what Jesus said, right? And she's like, yeah, that is sort of what Jesus taught. And then the ACLU comes in and was like, oh, we heard you were teaching about Jesus and like gets her fired and stuff. And then, oh, my God. And then she gets a lawyer who's like also a Christian and he's like, I'm out of order. You're out of order. This whole court, you know, that kind of thing. That's Hollywood for you. The villain's always an oil man, a businessman, or ACLU. <laughs> it was, uh, God, what's that guy's name? Ray Wise is the uh, is the ACLU lawyer. Oh, yeah? Did they, uh, so he brought his own horns. He has his... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. They had the guy who played the devil and everything play uh, ACLU. Uh-huh. I saw a Chipotle's uh, movie where uh, he played like a villainous chicken guy. There's a Chipotle movie? Yeah, Chipotle used to, before the E. coli scandal, used to have a thing in Golden Gate Park. It was like Chipotle Day. And they would have these booths and free food and uh-huh. free food and a kid's play thing. That's why I brought my kid there. And <laughs> they had this movie about Big Chicken. Uh-huh. And Ray Wise is the villain. Oh, wow. And you sit in a tent in this outdoor event and watch it. The idea is that if you go through all the booths and they, they, they check a, a punch card, you get a free burrito at the okay, end. Okay. So you have to sit and watch this movie with Ray Wise. <laughs> you have to sit and, and be indoctrinated into the ways of Chipotle. They have these tablet video game kiosks where you go in and the tablet is like, get the organic farm uh, pigs <laughs> wow. into the pan or something like that. Save them from the man. I think a lot of magic realism has occurred during our, our Marine Todd's discussion. She threw him some galoshes to get across the toxic waste river, right? And yeah. now our... And now his like lounge act singer child played by Lucas Haas is coming back into the mix. Oh, this is the first time the family is going to be seen in an entire in a scene together. So his his deal is he's a cross dressing sort of singer person with. Yeah, and uh, his parents don't. His dad can't relate or whatever. Let's take a listen. They're hugging, so I'm guessing this is they're wrapping it up. They should have had the scene in the beginning of the movie, right? Like the family before <laughs> yeah. and after. It's okay. But I think Kilgore tra- got trapped in a mirror or something like that. So the the galoshes were important, but I'm not sure why. Well, he would have swamp feet, like uh, oh, literal so, swamp feet. So God's Not Dead one was based on a true story, and then the second sequel was based on a true meme. <laughs> no, no, the first one was based on a meme. Oh, and the second one was all, the second one was more based on a true story, where it was like, except it was like some. Well, there was a few instances. One was like a football coach where he was like m- making the kids pray, basically. And then the school district warned him like two or three times, like, hey, you can't have like Christian prayer like in the middle of your football practice. Which is and true. Then, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Which true. you shouldn't you have. Should but then, of course, the uh, like the whole um, church fundamentalists got a hold of it and they're like, see, can you believe the government's coming in here and saying you can't believe in Jesus anymore? Uh, 
I, I've seen uh, and it was like Ray Wise being like we won't rest until everybody knows that God is actually dead ACLU never had an opinion on God <laughs> right <laughs> they don't have an opinion on God they have an opinion on expressing an opinion about God but they don't have a, an official speaking of God here's uh, oh Albert Finney's in Eden wow this movie and he has an underage bride what is this magical place that Kilgore Trout keeps imagining? Is that it's, heaven? It's a place where you can sleep with young girls. <laughs> Little girls. Yeah, he's in he- Oh, he's in Hawaiian paradise. Oh, he's trapped inside the Hawaiian poster. Oh. The irony of... of uh, oh, and he walked back off into his own... What is real and ins- what is fake? Exit 11 Motor Village. Yeah, that's another ironic name. That's a good name. Okay. This must mean one thing. Please leave. Ushers need to sweep the floors. Oh, yeah. All right. Those are the credits. Wow, here's all the big star names in this movie. I mean, that's a good cast. Will Patton. Jake Johansson played Bill Bailey. Why won't you come home, Bill Bailey? Allison Eastwood. Allison Eastwood. Oh, yeah. John White. Kurt Jr. Yeah, a lot of uh, talent in this. I, I think this was, they had a vision and it just fell really flat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want you to look up and see how many movie theaters this opened in. Okay, it yeah, can't sure, have been more than 100, right? Box Office Mojo will probably tell you how, the actual number of theaters that it opened in. Unless it never... Some of them are so small that they didn't make enough of a box office blip to be listed on Box Office Mojo, but... Oh, I typed in... misspelled. <laughs> you only got one F. I, I did notice that, like, uh, for a movie that came out in 1999, it did it did hook the uh, it did have this film in our search. I'm gonna turn off this music. I never like playing the music in the band. Okay, so here we go. Breakfast of Champions box. Eleven up. theaters. There you go. It must have been art houses. It must have been art houses. Yeah. It must have been the Marcadero or Opera Plaza in San Francisco is a great dumping space. Yeah, it's probably one of those ones where it was in the contract that they had to put it yeah. in theaters. And so they're like, all right, here you go. It is Bruce Willis. It's a it's six-figure lifetime gross, 178000 <sighs> And so, then it became a video cassette. And then I don't think it's ever on DVD. Yeah, so nobody saw that, yeah. IFC doesn't play it. <laughs> nor should they uh, no they don't have to uh, uh, do it Vince hey thank you so much man I've been meaning to uh, yeah. get you on here and I'm a big fan of uh, your stuff uh, I got a letter from Film Drunk back in my <laughs> MySpace days because uh, we were talking about tracks and so uh-huh. I got a Film Drunk email saying tracks rules I wish it was on DVD and I started following film tracks on my RSS reader ever since so Film Drunk excuse me uh, alright so that has been uh, Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube uh, Vince Mancini thank you so much uh, you can check him out on Film Drunk uh, mm-hmm. just type that in and his uh, podcast Frotcast uh, you can check us out L-W-A-F-L-M O-Y-T on iTunes. Thank you. Mutiny for the decision. And, uh, you own that. You got the SEO on that. I, you know what? It's unique enough. What am I going to say? <laughs> Bad movie podcast? <laughs> no, yeah. I, I don't mind that. 
Uh, and also check out my brother's uh, bad movie podcast, Proudly Resents. Uh, he has uh, he's he interviewed the director of Roomful of Spoons, but uh, him and I have done uh, Slapstick and other Kurt Vonnegut, and there's some other stuff I wanted to bring up. But go check out his website. All right, guys, thanks so much. Bye. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube With Mike Spiegelman Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube With Mike Spiegelman Let's watch a Hi, this is Carl I wrote this song I- I'm Mike's friend My turn-ons are satin sheets I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. With Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. With Mike You tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com This is Tusser Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station that rule the nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for mere fun. $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can 
listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's Performance Space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate.